coming up. What an excellent day for scotch. Well, howdy folks, and welcome to Minute 94 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist, minute by terrifying minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. Okay, so our minute begins with Karis walking down the stairs. And it ends with him saying, ice, water. Hmm, yep. We're fixing to fix a drink here in this wood-paneled room. Uh, but before we do, let's get back to the top of this minute, which starts not quite at the top of those stairs. Uh, in fact, Karis has just reached the bottom as we hear Chris saying, um, she's fine. Remember, folks, our last minute ended, and we could tell she was in another room talking to someone on the telephone. Actually, what I like here is that they don't do the typical uh, movie phone dialogue. <laughs> like, you know, what do you mean, where have I been? In seclusion. <laughs> Chuck, it's like I already told you. I can't go back to my job, which is shooting a film with you, the assistant director. because Chuck. my <laughs> Chuck? <laughs> because my daughter, Reagan, Reagan McNeil... <laughs> He's very sick. <laughs> What's that you say, Chuck? <laughs> a question for me about what I'm going to do next. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, John Mulaney and Nick Kroll have this uh, Broadway show called Oh Hello, and they play these old dudes, and yet they uh -huh. have this extended bit about the about the phone. <laughs> about the, What's that you say? My daughter? No, you're my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, I was, uh, while you were pulling that up, I was, I was uh, remembering on Google here. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Yeah, my favorite bit of this is on, uh, do, you know, do you know American Dad, the Seth MacFarlane show? Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, so there's one where Francine is talking on the phone and Stan is overhearing her, right? So she has to say mm -hmm. everything that she's thinking. So uh, let's see. I pulled it up here. Uh, Tonight was so embarrassing. I don't know what to do, sis. What? I've never called you sis before? You're right. It is oddly clunky and expositional. <laughs> I mean, I know you're my sister, so who am I saying it for? <laughs> <laughs> and then they go into the plot stuff and then she um she says, So what's going on with you, sis? Are you enjoying being three years younger than me? <laughs> <laughs> One of these days, I just gotta, and, and you know what, Keenan, I may do it to you, but next okay. time we're on the phone, mm -hmm. I might just, I might just repeat everything you say. <laughs> as a question. Yeah. <laughs> And the people, the people in the same room as me will be like, oh, well, I, I understand exactly what that phone call is all about. <laughs> and I know, I know, I feel like I know Keenan intimately. Wow. So my Chinese takeout order will be 1542, ready in 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, sir. <laughs> mm. Oh, and you have a good day as well. <laughs> Great. So luckily we don't do that here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is an Oscar winning Thank screenplay. God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I obviously have to do some of that sometimes, but this one this one does yeah avoid all of the that yeah. yeah. I like it. Um and yet, as sparse and one-sided as this is, we still get everything we need from Chris's half of the conversation. Um it's very, very effective. Now, Karis gets to the bottom of the stairs and he sort of looks around and then he heads to follow the sound of her voice. And as we follow him, we get a little bit more of the layout of the house. And it looks like our map maker might be right about the basement door being under the stairs mm -hmm. here. Uh, remember, we were speculating on whether or not
or not uh, some of the layout was was uh, was guesswork. Um, but it looks like we got a very clear shot uh, here of a door under the stairs right before we enter the library. So that's what this very out of place, slightly masculine wood paneled room is. Uh, I guess it's the library. Um, yeah, well, that's what you would call it. I think uh, the man of the house back then would call it his his den or his, uh, his study or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. My, my, my gun, my boat, pictures of boat room. <laughs> my, my gun and, and boat room. <laughs> and God help you if you go in there. Yeah. <laughs> that's daddy's room. <laughs> <laughs> no books allowed. <laughs> and no girls. You're right. right? Yeah, oh, wait, think, no, no, no. Uh, you're, you're like, no broads, no games. <laughs> no skirts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think our generation of men, uh, luckily, were just as impressed by, uh, you know, when, when Belle in Beauty and the Beast goes to the castle. Uh-huh. And the thing that makes her fall in love with the Beast is that library, right? I mean, that is a pretty sweet library. <laughs> yeah, and she gets to go all around. I think even boys, you know, straight boys, when they saw that, were like, I want a library <laughs> in my house. Seriously. <laughs> Where I could, I could flit around mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and uh, on, on um, uh, wheeled uh, ladders everywhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> Keenan, yeah. Wait. Were those books once people? <laughs> what is the ratio? What is the rule? How much of of the inside of that house was actually once alive? Listen, well, no, I guess they're still alive, but you know. It's very enchanted. <laughs> it's enchanted as fuck. It's yeah, yeah. as enchanted as this movie is Catholic. <laughs> severely enchanted <laughs> the most enchanted thing you will ever see <laughs> right which is yeah which is code for all of the villagers around the town have been <laughs> turned into books uh, <laughs> 10 years ago right <laughs> it's a huge sudden population drop mm-hmm. and no no answer it was it was you know <laughs> it was the the 1800s people just mm-hmm. didn't didn't care about that kind of thing i guess yeah, right. whole villages go missing yeah. yep. <laughs> no one's gonna look for them nobody can read <laughs> well certainly not in a library yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> gaston's yeah. never gonna find that place <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. Gaston picks up a book and he like turns it upside down. Like, he, yeah, he, he clearly cannot read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so perfect. <laughs> There's right. no pictures in it. Yeah, but all of the pictures in the in that library that B shows Bell all, all are just the image of the person who t- got turned into the book, <laughs> <laughs> like like you know gripping the edge of the picture, like right. help me, Tuskade, <laughs> Tuskade Senpai. Hilfmir, <laughs> <laughs> Hilfmir. That's German. Oh, it'd be great if we knew the the French for for help me, oh, which is where that is this is set in. That's too many languages. Let's yeah, move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't have that many languages in our head. We're not. What what are we, Captain Howdy? <laughs> no, no. Let's get back to Daddy's room. Yeah, yeah. Daddy's, <laughs> oh, Daddy's not around, so we can go yeah. in there and touch all of his, his guns and boats. <laughs> That's the first week that Howard left. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Reagan's just in there, and she's looking at all the stuff. He's like, "Oh, fuck you, Dad!" And he's just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Touch, just touch, 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 touch. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Um, so as he enters, we're Karis, not not Howard. Um, uh, we cut to a close up of Chris, and she looks up. And she has changed. Did you notice this, Keenan? Like this yeah. is this is a new outfit, but she has also changed in a sense of like, I don't know how to say it, but like it looks like calm within the storm, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
the storm is happening, like it's already begun, but she has had time to change, to wash, to breathe. And of course, because like with Karis here, this is probably the most she's been able to hand over control of the situation. Like mm-hmm. even with Willie and Carl and, and Sharon, she's still being the one managing things, right? Managing right. them, right? So this is probably the first time that she's been able to just sit down and think and breathe. And it's mm-hmm. weird. Her face looks... I mean, it still looks pale, but, like, am I wrong in thinking there seems to be a little bit more color to it? Oh, definitely, like, compared to the scene um, on the bench where they're outside, and, yeah, yeah, she's much more alive, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> right, right? Yeah. it's not like she's mourning herself. Like, she's still, we, you know, we still see the outline of that bruise, right? Right. The part of her, um, her eye that's not uh, lit, but, uh, mm-hmm. but, yeah. But she's in this little corner, and there's, yeah, pictures, daddy's pictures of masculine mm-hmm. settings and yep. <laughs> of the storm behind her. But, yeah, she looks a little bit better. But, yeah, yeah. calm, that's a really good way of... Um, Putting it, uh, do you have a favorite Cards Against Humanity card? I have a favorite. Oh, <laughs> so oh. my, my favorite Cards Against Humanity card. So the the black one are the questions, right? So it's uh-huh. like, um, what I don't know. What should we do in What should we do in San Diego this weekend or something mm-hmm. like that? <laughs> something you know, better than that. Um, yeah. And then the my favorite white card, the answer card, is uh-huh. some goddamn peace and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> And I just like I just like that because it's so clearly like in in a parent's voice. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't have to say that. They don't have to be like, "I'm a parent, right?" And yeah. I'm talking to you, kid. What's that, kids? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you asked me what I would like this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, as your father, I want some goddamn peace and quiet. Right? That is, there is there is only one cadence. There is only one rhythm. <laughs> there is only one tone to right. that Cards Against Humanity card. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> some some god. Damn, right. You had to say it like that, right? Yeah. Some goddamn peace and quiet. <laughs> what do I want for Father's Day? Some goddamn peace and quiet. <laughs> what were King Arthur and the Knights of the Round really searching for? <laughs> right, right, right. What's your love language? <laughs> <laughs> Um, what did they find in Al Capone's safe? <laughs> What's the generational trauma you've been trying to escape your whole life? <laughs> oh my god. Jeannie, what would you wish for? <laughs> So do you have a favorite card to get humanity card? I, I think that one, uh, that one, uh, uh, I, I'm trying to think of any word other than trumps that one. Uh, the, the other cards, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Whew. So yeah, now Chris looks up as Karis enters. And again, folks, just the changes her, her face goes through here, like slow dawning realization and then uh, quickly turning away like like okay I gotta I gotta end this call mm-hmm. um and and I love uh what Karis does here we cut back to the shot of him in the hall he turns away places his uh his bag his valise down and he's gonna wait outside um another person might have you know waltzed in there made themselves at mm-hmm. home you know uh, uh uh on on one of these like cushy leather chairs right and waited for Chris to finish in you know in the same room maybe checking out some of the books mm-hmm. uh hey maybe pouring themselves a drink right <laughs> uh, maybe touching that boat that says do not touch um <laughs> Actually, this imaginary person is very rude, and I'm already not liking them. Um, But yeah, as he's turning back, we hear a little more of Chris's conversation. She's assuring the person on the other end, okay, okay, I'll talk to you. I'll call you as soon as it's over. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, like very sparse, like not like 
overly, um, what's the word, like expositional or anything like that, right? right? Mm -hmm. Um, We cut back and we get an even closer close-up of Chris in profile. We see that bruise is healing. Uh, Maybe that's partly why she looks better. And she says, Mm -hmm. no, I'm just, I really... I'm going through something again with the fragmented speech. It, it, it feels so real. That's, mm-hmm. that's how we talk, especially when, when we're going through something. Sure. Um, and I really love Ellen Burstyn's attention to that little detail and the mm-hmm. way that she trails off. Um, and she, she says, um, uh, and I just have to, uh, and that, that is very, that is a very specific type of trailing off, right? Mm-hmm. Some, something just interrupted her. Someone just asked if there was anything they could do for her to which after listening, she replies, no, no, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. And folks watch her eyes and watch her mouth after she says, no, no, there's nothing. Her politeness instinct kicks in. She's trying to reassure this person yeah. and she wants, she wants to smile and her mouth begins to smile. And then she remembers where she is and what's actually going on. And that smile gets like pushed back down. You can actually see her consciously snuff out that smile and it's chilling and heartbreaking. And I think we've all like been there where you're like forced to interact with people while still in the midst of dealing with something horrible and you have to adhere to the unwritten societal politeness thing and you got to you got to put on a face and smile and thank them and and maybe you even do feel good uh and and the smile is genuine in the moment it's it's like oh people care about me and i'm not alone and then you realize but i actually sort of am like mm-hmm. no no matter the situation there's always a portion of our grief that we must face alone and and that's not to downplay friends and family like who are who are there for you that's an invaluable resource for anyone who is grieving it's it's that beautiful persistence of goodness that exists within humans and and animals where it's like i know you're sad and i know i can't take away the hurt i can't even like fully feel it the same way that you're feeling it but i'm still going to be here i'm still going to like do what i can that's mm-hmm. that like you know, divine spark that Howdy insists isn't real, right? And that's why Karis is waiting patiently just outside, right? Yeah. So that that's I love the way you're putting it, right? Like she's mm. her like politeness instinct, right? And she's like trying to like at a funeral, if you're the bereaved at a funeral and there's someone who comes up and they they're less connected to the deceased than you and they're like, right. oh, I'm you know, and, and they start to mourn. And even though it's like, you know, at the funerals for everybody, but it's especially for you because you're closer to them. But you right. still feel like, oh, oh, no, it's going to be OK. Right. Like, like your instinct is to reach out to them, even though they're yes. trying to the whole point of the interactions that they're supposed to come up. They, they're trying to come up and and uh, comfort you. <laughs> and you just right. have this instinct. Like, no, no, it's OK. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Can I tell you a uh, a. Uh, corporate retail trick that I learned, Lester, oh, on my job okay. at Target. Sure. <laughs> and it was a hard trick for people to do because it goes against some of their instincts. But mm. um, but so I used to uh, work at the return desk for many, many years. Uh-huh. And I was really good at the return desk. And I had less people being upset and complaining. You know, there's always going to be, sometimes you can't you can't help everybody and there's going to be issues, right? right. But I, I was very good at um, at calming situations down. And mm. the, the first thing that would happen is that I would do is I would apologize to them. And mm. So they, so if someone was uh, in line and I turned around and they were the first person in line, I didn't know they were there. And I would just say, oh, sorry about the wait. And mm. like just saying sorry about the wait. Like, so what's your instinct? Mm-hmm. So you, you walk up, you wait less than a second. I turn around and say, mm-hmm. oh, sorry about the wait. What do you say? Well, I was like, oh, no, no worries. It's oh, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, what a wonderful trip to the Target. <laughs> yeah. Everything's fine. Like you've, you've had to say it out loud, <laughs> right? You've had to say it's okay. Um, you made me admit that everything's fine. <laughs> What a bastard! <laughs> so, so that's like you know that's that was in sort of our training at at the return situation, which is apologize for everything, and mm-hmm. then the people who weren't you know 
weren't very good at that. Like there's something that people like resist that. They just don't want to be wrong for some things that aren't their fault, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but yeah, it just literally makes people say, Oh, it's okay. Oh, oh that wasn't a long wait at all. And then they're remembering like that was a very quick trip to this store and, and you know, and, yeah. they, and um oh I had a problem, but it really wasn't that big of a deal. And mm-hmm. it, you just start reframing them. So so there you go. And maybe any like any kind of like rehearsed, mm-hmm. like planned uh, you know, <laughs> like like give you a piece of their mind right exactly thing. i went all the way back to the st- i was broken i came back here right right and they go mm-hmm. oh i'm sorry about that and they go no it's fine yeah, <laughs> yeah. so people just left the story happier than me so i don't know i guess it's a little bit evil because it's in the corporate space but just in general mm-hmm. people left interactions with me happier because i i would you know be nice to them yeah. <laughs> so i don't know if that's uh if that makes me a, a master manipulator or something but well i mean it, like yeah yeah you know, context is is king here. Mm-hmm. I think, right? Like, right. I mean, it's it is that it is that like that Dale Carnegie like how to win friends, influence people, right? Type thing. But I mean, like, I I think it's been it's been a while since I read his book. But like, even he was all about it's like you know, no, 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 no. You have to be genuine with it. Like, yeah, you have to you know, um, and and it seems like this. It's a this little bit of manipulation seems like a small price to pay for like making the interaction go smoother getting yelled at less frequently from from angry people with returns that are my right. fault right yeah so I, also, yeah, yeah. I admit and, to like one small fault like, oh you wait sorry about that sorry about that and then you know then then they don't yell at me as much mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. yeah yeah no i mean yeah. that's a, i mean like as as a teacher like i you know i have to i have to do that kind of like um kind of navigating around uh you know some very very strong um you know preteen feelings right. uh, sometimes and and yeah like you know uh getting on their level and 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 seeing the situation as they see it and mm-hmm. and kind of like playing it back to them and and showing that like you understand like that's a big part you know right mm-hmm. yeah yeah i like there's there's uh there's, yeah, actually, now that you mentioned, there's like this teaching pedagogy, like that mm-hmm. is uh, not too far removed from Dale Carnegie, I suppose, right. of, of like, um, everyone, we need your attention. And then mm-hmm. you just sort of pause there while people are getting your attention. And mm-hmm. then you say, thank you. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you start conditioning the students to, you know, to start being like, oh, that thank you feels so nice. And then mm-hmm. I'm just going to start doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or just, that's, yeah, that's, just that's Pavlov. That is. <laughs> You know, you are the dogs with no salivary glands or whatever. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> folks were in, in you know, it, like it. Yeah, it, it's kind of like a you know walking that line because yeah, and or like complimenting them on mm-hmm. um you know a piece of work that they did, right? Um you know a piece of art or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. All that to say, folks, we are nothing more than um pleasure sinking monkeys. <laughs> that is what we are. Yeah, featherless are... bipeds who <laughs> like mm-hmm, pleasure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Um, Yeah. Okay, so back to this minute. So Karis is waiting just outside. We cut to him now, and we're sort of peeking through the door at him as he sits out there with his own thoughts. And uh, he can't help but hear Chris as she's talking on the phone, right? He's not he's not like eavesdropping, right? Right. But uh, but he hears her say goodbye to the other person and hang up. And this is when he seems to mouth something mm-hmm. um did you did you catch this it's so small it might it might only be an involuntary movement of his lips but i couldn't help but notice it no idea what it could possibly be but after like like what do we think like that's the kind of uh 
good acting of just like you're just listening and you're you're not even thinking about what you're going to do when you start to have yeah. these little yeah it's, it's i wonder if jason miller is even aware of it yeah right like, exactly yeah if you're doing it well you don't even remember that you're doing it yeah yeah um but yeah but after this there's a pause he waits to make sure that she's done and then he heads back in again i love the camera work here we've been on a shot of him sitting and then he gets up but mm-hmm. we don't cut away we follow him in Or rather, we're already inside and he comes in, comes toward the camera and fills the screen. And then Mm -hmm. we follow him the rest of the way. And again, as the camera begins to move, begins to follow him, we notice that it had been hiding behind something, as it often loves to do in this movie. Um, And we don't really notice it until the camera moves and pieces of the environment cross between us and the characters. And there there certainly does seem to be a change as we make that transition. We are now fully with Karis. The background is blurry, but then he passes in front of us and what he reveals is Chris Mm -hmm. sitting at that desk. And boy, she is looking at him. And I like that she's been looking at him uh, like ever since, uh, you know, uh, he entered, but we didn't see it right until his shoulder mm. moves and reveals her she was looking at him the whole the whole time right <laughs> and we got truman looking at him over her shoulder it, it's like Dimmy's on trial here um can you, what is this look that she has given him yeah, and truman, truman has given him yeah who is truman to judge this is the yeah. man who who authorized hiroshima and nagasaki <laughs> <laughs> but but damien what have you been listening into this phone call right exactly right <laughs> not cool bro <laughs> not cool that's a private conversation yeah yeah yeah, it's really um, it's really interesting. So like we've been out there because the whole scene, if you had to like, you know, they'll do this in acting school or filmmaking school, something like mm. name this scene. Like what is this scene? Right. right. And it's going to become a confessional scene, like, like a mm-hmm. confession, but also like a confessional scene. Yes. Yeah. So like in the religious Catholic sense. And so like, mm-hmm. yeah, that shot of him out in the hall, I love so much because you yeah, we're peeking through him. He looks down. He looks isolated. He looks um, you know, down emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, we're peeking through. We don't, as you say, we don't really know that we're peeking through anything until it starts to move. But it mm-hmm. looks to me like a confessional booth, like he's waiting for, you know, someone to make that confession. Yeah. Yeah. And then but then when he comes in there, she gives him this look that is, yeah, what? Like, not happy. Mm. <laughs> it is it is what like um, like, oh, I know. Obviously, you were listening to me the whole time or something. Mm-hmm. You know? um, or it's like, so what did you get from upstairs? You know, what did you get this? Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's like, you know, bring in the report. Right. You're right. It, it almost feels like like we like the reconvening of a war council. Mm-hmm. Right. Like like maybe maybe because of Truman over there. Um <laughs> But but like Chris is awaiting a report from one of her generals. Yeah. Um, and it and it seems that that's what it seems like to me. Like also something I noticed. Mm-hmm. I, I was looking for a time to mention it. Did she cut her hair since the last time they met? It kind of seems like it, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe you know, maybe it was like let's, let's uh, clean myself up a little bit. Yeah. Right. I, I know that's a weird thing to focus on, but like the last time we saw her without a scarf, it seemed right. Fuller, uh-huh. like maybe maybe it, it's just a different style. Like she mm-hmm. combed it in in a certain way, right? But mm-hmm. like she she, uh, it, it's 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 looking almost masculine, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And again, we're in this stereotypically masculine room, mm-hmm. and he's been waiting outside. Mm-hmm. And when he comes in, she's behind the desk, yeah. and you know, then the hair just seems like like we've never seen it like this before. Yeah, right? I think that's really fair. Yeah, mm. 
And yeah, in the script for this, it says Chris is at the bar when Karis enters. Um, hmm. And we don't have any of this. Uh, he's overhearing the um, the conversation. Uh, they hmm. do call it the study, uh, not the library, yeah. as uh, we would call it. <laughs> hmm. um, so yeah, we just jump right into it. So it's not that he was um, intruding on her or whatever. And that she's at the bar um, mm-hmm. is going to signal that this is going to be about drinks. But here, yeah, when we have this uh, tribunal, um, it's right. not about drinks. It's not about, hey, let's let's have a watering hole moment. It's more about like, yeah come and debrief with me right 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 what's the yeah. battle plan yeah what's the battle plan <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. i got truman on my ass about this yeah <laughs> right what who do we nuke next right like yeah, so right. if we don't get yeah. a yeah if we can't get an exorcism <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Who, right who are we gonna drop the bomb on yeah um so uh who do you think she's been talking to so in the book mm-hmm. this is well see there's a part in the book that happens a little bit earlier. It mm-hmm. happens like right around the time where it becomes clear that Reagan needs like um, like 24 hour supervision, uh-huh. and that's when uh, the uh, I, I think the assistant director it could be Chuck mm-hmm. um, is calling her and saying like, "Hey, you need to be over here because she was offered a a directing job right. and she's directing for, uh, hope. for hope, right?" Mm-hmm. And this is where she loses hope because she <laughs> decides to stay with her daughter instead right. of uh, work on like basically her dream job, which is, uh, you know, directing a film, right. um, which Burke helped her to get. And, you know, and uh, oh, no, wait, no, 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 no. Um, uh, well, Burke, Burke was mentoring. Yeah, that Burke was mentoring her towards. Yes, uh, to, towards getting it or right. towards a, like like uh, this is her first directing gig and he was being kind of like a father figure to her. Right. Um, she, but she, yeah. he, and he was sort of, you know, doing his Burke thing in like, uh, if I remember correctly, like, like, oh, you got that actor to hire you. You were just pretending to be nice to him so he could hire mm-hmm. you as director, Chris. You're so you're so tricky, right? Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. But then also like kind of like putting her fears at e- like staying with her like throughout the night and like explaining every little kind of every little tiny bit of of his job basically and being mm-hmm. being an open book uh right. for her um and also just being irascible and drunk um <laughs> but right. you know being burke basically um and, but it that can't be because she's already called the priest in she's already so i'm i yeah i'm not sure i at first i thought like yeah it is chuck and and mm. chuck is asking like when are you coming back when are you coming back to you know um acting ink uh <laughs> Uh, well, that's a good question. Now that I think about it, we haven't, I don't think this has come up, but I don't think anyone's asked us this, but like, uh, do they have to come back to acting? I mean, the director fell down the stairs drunk and true broke his neck and died. Remember? And shit himself. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So I guess Mr. Smith goes to Washington. The musical is not happening or, you know, is on pause or something. Is it? Well, the director fell down the stairs. <laughs> but died. that's what you have an assistant director for. <laughs> no. <laughs> Ask Truman. <laughs> yeah, he's the original Nepo you have baby. President, vice president. <laughs> right. <laughs> director, assistant director. And you can be sure that Chuck is staying away from any stairs. That's what it is. Chris is like. Hey, do you want to do you want to come over and discuss uh, you know um, uh, next week's shooting? And he's like, Oh, is your daughter still at home? No, no, I'm gonna stay away from that house. Stay yeah. away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is my big shot. Yeah. <laughs> Before we get any letters, because we know mm-hmm. that uh, we know that there are people who like movies here who know how movies are made. Lester is mm-hmm. joking. The assistant yes. director does not direct. They're more of a 
producer's hand than a director's right. hand. But um, yes. okay, just just before we get any letters, right. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's not vice director. <laughs> you become that's so funny. <laughs> that's 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 why so many directors get mysteriously murdered. It's just you know, <laughs> on opening night, <laughs> on opening night, on opening night of the movie. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what did Truman do? No. <laughs> Truman. What did you do to poor FDR? <laughs> no. Oh. All right. Mm, oh, God. There's so many things I could say. <laughs> but it's worse than the Pazuzu thing. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know. Move on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Move on. Move on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the only person I, I, can imagine that she's talking to is is somebody somebody in the industry and them asking like what's going on like yeah. like we need you back um what do you think yeah but then yeah it's like i'm just going through some things right yeah mm. it, it feels like a, it feels like it feels more like a friend a close friend we don't have any mm. indication of her close friends here yeah. but it feels more like someone that she would be you know close with in regular times but but that she you know obviously she can't she can't really confess to anybody ex- except for Karis in a couple of minutes because mm-hmm. it's about her daughter murdering somebody. Right. Yeah. Huh. Because she doesn't use like a – with Chuck, it could just be like she could just use a, a fake answer, you know? Or with Chuck, yeah. she could just say like, well, you know, Burke died. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. But she like, hey, Chuck, you know. like <laughs> You're the one who told me. <laughs> Burke Dennings, our director, you told me about. Like, yeah. <laughs> What's that, Chuck? Burke <laughs> Dennings is dead. <laughs> But he's the director of our movie. What's that? Mr. Smith goes to Washington. <laughs> Mr. Smith goes to Washington. What's that? Well, I know we were very close. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. He was the only one I could rely on. <laughs> yeah, I guess he was sort of my rock. <laughs> well, yeah, now that you mention it, Chuck, I am pretty shattered by this. <laughs> This is dev- this is devastating. Devastating is exactly the word I would use, Chuck. Well, I gotta go. Say hi to all the other assistant directors for me. <laughs> God. Yeah. But yeah, okay. So okay, so you're thinking a close friend. Yeah, like someone in LA, like maybe another actor or something, and she's like, Well, I can't quite explain everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Because, like, yeah, it's it's weird that, like, I'm going through some things. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't know that Burke died? Right. It, it it must be front page news. Yeah, right? Huh. I'm going through some things. It's like, oh, yeah, you, I, I know. You, like, your best friend and mentor died, <laughs> right? Like, you don't have to say, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Huh. In the middle of your movie, yeah. Yeah. Gruesomely. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Dang, yeah, that, that like... Because he, she, she wouldn't say, I'm going through some things to Chuck, because it's like, yeah, right. I know, me too. <laughs> right. I, uh, they, they, they want me to learn how to be a director in 24 yeah. hours. <laughs> I'm gonna, well, I know an assistant director isn't a director. <laughs> <laughs> I'm aware of that. They're more involved with the running of the set than the directing of the actors <laughs> and camera. <laughs> <laughs> Who said we- that? <laughs> Bob? <laughs> The studio executive? <laughs> well, I better get down to Paramount tomorrow and tell him what's what. You know, Paramount. The the, <laughs> the movie studio? <laughs> we got this detective uh, 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 nosing around here. He's asking me about movies, which I make. 
Oh okay, okay, okay. It's really I, easy to, to write a worse scene than this. Well, I guess the detective is Jewish now that you mention it. <laughs> no, I don't know if he has any Catholic friends. It hasn't come up. Hmm. All right, I don't know where we're going with this. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, but yeah, so she's said goodbye to this person, whoever they may be, um, and Karis has entered the room, and her eyes follow him as he comes in and sits down. And after all this silence, right, his, his entrance and move to the sofa has been completely silent, right? As he's sitting, she says, want a drink? And I love the rhythm of this because his response is immediate. <laughs> so it's like, so it's like, silence, 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 want a drink? Please. <laughs> He answers her immediately. He's not even finished sitting down right. as as we see when we cut back. And as he sits back, he begins to undo his collar and she asks him what he drinks. Uh, we cut and she's already up. She's uh, making her way over to the drink cabinet and he says, uh, scotch. Mm-hmm. So Lester, I don't drink. I don't know if that, I don't know if you said that mm. in the on the show before. I've never mm. had I never had a drink. Oh. Uh, so uh, yeah, what's uh, so to okay so. <laughs> <laughs> so these priests drink scot, they drink whiskey. So they drink yeah. whiskey. They drink uh, scotch here. They drink uh, Chivas Regal. Yeah, um, they, they drink they drink wine uh, vocationally. Oh, right, that's that's work. That's at work though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so we're here in Daddy's room, right? The uh-huh. study where yeah. mm-hmm. where we go and um, and we got a father <laughs> in Daddy's room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we have uh, we have a a president Truman who's uh, mm-hmm. you know, staring mm-hmm. at us. Right? Um, yeah. And he would really like this room. <laughs> oh, oh yes, oh yes, he would. <laughs> he might add a rocking chair, from what I understand, because ah, after the mm. after the presidency, he went back to um, Hannibal, Missouri, and, and like had a very like non cosmopolitan life. He like went back to like oh. um, rural life and was like, just leave me some goddamn peace and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I I finished World War II. I killed hundreds of thousands of Japanese over mm. two days, and mm-hmm. and you know, and that the, the weight of the world on my shoulders. Hopefully, you know, I'm sure he thought it was right, but I'm sure also he had in his later years possibly some like questions about whether it was you know oh yeah all of the sure, yeah, all sure. stuff and he's like i just want to be on a rocking porch right mm-hmm. a rocking chair on my porch and just mm-hmm. sit here and be left alone yeah yeah so, yeah no parades mm-hmm. for me or anything but anyways no. so these so so it feels like whiskey is sort of the default drink in movies to me mm. right like like yeah. that seems to be like what do you have it's it's always kind of whiskey right does that feel mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. yeah i mean like i'm i'm thinking about it, like the first movie that came to my mind mm. was uh who framed roger rabbit uh-huh. and uh i remember watching that and seeing eddie valiant and and having no clue about the 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 uh the problem that he was having mm-hmm. um but just looking at that drink and being like that looks like such a nice glass of diet pepsi with ice <laughs> and the way he drinks it mm-hmm. it like and, and he kind of makes that face like ah like i was like yeah that's exactly how it feels eddie valiant <laughs> to drink diet pepsi it, it just burns your throat but it like it feels so good you know right um so yeah and it, that feels like the default right like it feels mm-hmm, like like mm-hmm. that's that's the right answer if you don't I mean, it's, it's in, in real life, it's it's kind of a masculine, manly drink, right? Like, not mm-hmm. everybody does drink whiskey. Yeah. So then in the movies, like, the the default is this masculine, like, um, uh, yeah, it burns, right? So it's sort of this, um, what's the word? Um, masochistic mm-hmm. <laughs> like sort of drink, right? Like, like you're, um, no, wait, what's the Catholic form? Um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? Um, the Catholic thing of masochistic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's just Catholic. <laughs> no, like, in a good way, you're supposed to, like. Sorry, fellow Catholics. <laughs> You're supposed to you're supposed to hurt yourself a little bit to um to get better as a person. Oh shoot! Yeah, there is a word for that. 
I'm such a bad, I'm a bad Catholic. I'm a, hang on, hang on, Keenan. I'm a bad Catholic. I'm a bad Catholic. <laughs> Oh, that felt so good. Oh God, I need some scotch. Like, like, uh, wait, 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 wait. It's like repentant, uh, pe- um, penitence, penitence. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, okay. right. Like it's, it's, it's you a, know, like like the flogging themselves. Yes, and the, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whiskey is like a penitent drink, right? It's like mm-hmm. it like hurts you. So like in yeah. the movies, like so, it's like the Spanish Inquisition in your throat. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. You know, I'm not I'm not like upper class. You know, so mm-hmm. but like so like it feels like more people around me drink beer, right? Mm, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But like in a movie, beer someone... is a relaxing drink. It's like uh-huh. it, it okay, would be okay. it would be a, a different scene if mm-hmm. it's like it's like what do you want? And and as she's walking to the cabin, and mm-hmm. he's like, oh, a beer. And it's like, what is this a fucking game? <laughs> I asked you to come in and take care of my daughter. A beer? <laughs> is this a day at the beach? For you? Oh, you're just having a great time. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to get the swimsuit out and go find the yeah. pool? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. That's a, okay. That's really good. Yeah. So if it was a beer, what do you drink? Champagne? Because. No. <laughs> Oh, the bubbles! We got an exorcism on our hands. (laughs) The bubbles tickled my back and my throat. Yeah, (laughs) and then if it was wine, what is that like? Besides the vocational wine, it's like, um... yeah, like for for everybody except priests, wine is a very mm, wine seems like. It, it it gets a little uh, romantic. It gets a little uh-huh. bit like I'm just I'm just enjoying the sensuality of life. Oh, sensuality! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, beer doesn't make you like like yeah m- love life as much, right? Well, I I think beer makes you love life in in a different way. It's uh-huh. like it's like I'm I'm here with my pals, right? Uh, we're in this we're in this masculine room, <laughs> um, and we're gonna play some cards against humanity, and we're gonna drink some beer, right? Okay. Right? And then and we're like, gonna watch the game, whatever ball, <laughs> whatever ball it, it is. If it's if it's egg shaped, if it's if it's ball shaped, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna kick it, we're gonna throw it, we're gonna hit it, we're gonna do something with it. <laughs> I got a great yeah. idea, a ball shaped ball. <laughs> no one's ever done that before. No. And then when you think of like vodka, right? A vodka, Ooh, vodka, right? That that that's just to get drunk, right? Like that's just to like like you're trying to get immediately to drunkenness. Is that was that what you would well, say? Well, the first thing, okay, vodka, yeah. It, like like I am going to. I think I think that's. To make the demons be quiet. Oh, Jesus. I think I think vodka is something you have done something horrible. Uh-huh. Or you are about to do something horrible, <laughs> or you work for a horrible um uh, uh, organization mm-hmm. that has assigned you some secret assassination mission. <laughs> and you but but you're a family man and you have wife and kids, mm-hmm. or you know, you're a family woman and you and you have a family, mm-hmm. and and you're like, I have to separate these two things. And so I'm going to drink until the demons are silent. (laughs) Jesus Christ. All right. Well, that's good to steady my nerves while I, while I, while I aim the sniper rifle. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So if he came in, what do you have to drink? Vodka. (laughs) It's like, Oh, who are you going to kill or have killed? (laughs) All right. That's very, that's very helpful to me. Thank you. Yeah. Cause it seems like, like she says, what do you have to drink? And the only answer is whiskey of some kind. Yeah. Scotch. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. There is no other option in the movie. Mm-hmm. I think w- part of it can also be like, you know, you're drinking a beer. I can't. Yeah, it's, it's like, <laughs> where's your father in Europe? It's like I, I sprinkle. It's like you know, uh, this was full of holy water. <laughs> <laughs> like Homer Simpson. Yeah. It's like you're not going to do that, right? Like, right. But it also wouldn't be like I'll have a Long Island or I'll have a no, um, definitely not a Midori sour or I'll yeah. have a, a blue curacao. No, or no. Sex on the Beach. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to drink? What do you drink? Sex on the Beach. I'm sorry, Father, what? 
Shirley Temple. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, but I think I think you got something there, Keenan, with the like I don't know the the sharpness, the acerbicness of mm-hmm. uh, a drink like whiskey, like scotch. Like mm-hmm. it, it's something that you sip. It's something that like it's there and you can occasionally drink. It'll never. You're never gonna uh, swig it. You're never gonna be done with the drink before the conversation. Uh huh. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's always gonna be. It's like it, like before I say, you know. Uh, this, this, before I drop this bomb, there's Truman again. Um, like I'm going to take a little sip of mm-hmm. this, of this very sour, very bitter thing. And then I'm going to say it. Right? Mm-hmm. right. Yeah. It's, it's almost like I'm like, I'm about to say something really, really bad and I'm whipping myself. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. Wear one of those hair shirts. Yeah. There you go. Right. Or, um, uh, those, those button up shirts with the, with the tag still in them. <laughs> you know, this is very fashionable, but like. You know, it just like itches the back of my neck constantly, right, and it's a reminder of of how, um, you know, we we suffer for, um, for beauty. No, yeah, just uh, how, how low class you are normally. Because if you if you were mm-hmm. upper class, you would have lost sensitivity on that part of your neck. By right? Now. Oh no, no, yeah, they have they have calluses. That's why they call them callus. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so Karis says uh, scotch, and and he says it in this like broken voice, mm-hmm. right? He sounds he sounds defeated, or or at the very least exhausted, right? right. And Chris looks exhausted, right? And as she reaches the shelf, uh, she sort of uh, puts a, a hand to her head as he says, "Ice water," mm-hmm. right? Um, but we'll have to stop there, folks. That is all of my notes for this minute. Keenan, is there anything else we missed? Oh, will she make him a scotch? Will she make him something will else? <laughs> yeah. Will she, will she give him a knuckle sandwich along with his drink? Hmm. We'll have to find out next time. Yeah. Will she be like, I don't, I, I can't make you a scotch because <laughs> I'm a doctor. No, I don't know. <laughs> I can't make you a drink, Father, because my daughter is very sick. Yes. What are you doing down here? Get yeah, back up get there. The hell back up there. <laughs> you on vacation? Jeez. Yeah. Throwing back a couple of cold ones of the boys. Yeah. In daddy's room. Well, let me tell you, I'm I'm not one of the boys. I'm <laughs> But I'm daddy in this situation. Now get your head. <laughs> Daddy's not here anymore, and I'm the vice daddy. <laughs> That's so weird. Like I, the I, vice I, director I, and the assistant president behind me. <laughs> Chris, I'm sorry. I, I thought you were just the assistant daddy. <laughs> <laughs> now that's you, father. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Folks, this wait, is Wait, 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 And then so she gets she gives him the drink, right? And they're like they have this like detente, right? And <laughs> and uh he's he's like, I really appreciate that, Mrs. McNeil. And she says, No, please, call me daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, isn't it always call me Chris? No. Do you see this room? You see that guy behind me? Do you know what he did? <laughs> Making me choke on my scotch. You're cunting president. <laughs> oh, God. <clears throat> 
<sighs> President Truman, what is your decision? What do you want? What do I want? <laughs> Some goddamn peace and quiet. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Very good. We're going to stop. All right. <clears throat> Folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I've been Lester Ryan Clark. You can reach me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz, and you can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd as Howdy Keenan. Yeah, we got our listener group, Compelling Conversations. Go check that out and uh, request to join, and we'll let you in here with us. Thank you so much to everyone who has shared the show by word of mouth or on social media, and a big thank you to everyone who has given us a five-star ratings on uh, iTunes or, or Spotify or wherever you uh, listen to our show. We really appreciate it. That's going to help our little podcast grow and find more cool people like you. All right, Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time. The, the power, power of, of some, some goddamn, goddamn peace and quiet, quiet compels you.